Produced by women about women, Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. Hello, everyone. Time for Powerful Women Let's Talk. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Jennifer Moss, and it is a pleasure to bring you today's powerful woman, Sarah Badger. Sarah is a licensed midwife, and she's been delivering babies for over 22 years now. Although the numbers keep climbing, at last count, she was up to at least 1,600 deliveries. Initially working with her mom, who is also a midwife, Sarah branched out on her own, opening her own birthing center, Simply Born, in 2010. Sarah says she and her team's goals are to empower families, educate, and help clients make wise choices surrounding their birth and parenthood. And so I'm so glad to welcome you today, Sarah Badger, two powerful women. Let's talk. Thank you. So we are very happy again to have you here. And in just a minute, we're actually going to go inside your birthing center. That was pretty exciting for part of our conversation. Again, you've been a licensed midwife now since 2019. You've had Simply Born for, since what, 2010. Midwifery seems uh, is a seemingly growing uh, thing in popularity right now. What made you decide to follow in your mom's footsteps and, and do that for a living? I had a really close friend who had a hospital birth, and growing up, I didn't see hospital births. I had only known home birth, and so when I watched her birth unfold, it was really challenging. Um, and I just realized how much was lacking in the medical industry for women and empowerment and taking control of how they wanted to birth. And I just, I needed to give options. So that mm -hmm. was kind of the driving force. Empowering women to make choices and having body autonomy is really important to me. And so, you know, PBS, of course, has a series called The Midwife, very popular, uh, set, of course, in a very different time and era. But do you think things like that play a role or have any impact or effect on people perhaps um, investigating? Is a midwife right for me as, as I go down a childbirth path? I think anytime we have birth in Hollywood or in movies and film, we explore a different side of it. And I think Call the Midwife certainly has explored several sides of that. And I think that's been really great. It actually starts conversations with women and kind of shows them that midwifery might still be available for them. And they kind of start looking for it, which is nice. So the name of your birthing center, Simply Born, kind of says it all. But how did you come up with that name? I, I did a poll on Facebook. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I couldn't figure out and like what to name it and how to kind of go about it. And so I put a poll up and one was from a chiropractor who had Simply Chiropractic. And she's like, how about Simply Born? And I was like, that's actually perfect. And so, yeah, that was it. That was where the name was born. I love it. I love it. So since we're talking about all things midwifery, you were kind enough, of course, to allow us into your birthing center. Now, we didn't see a birth, but we got a chance to talk to some moms who were on their journey and, and why they chose to use a midwife for birth and about your goals. So let's take a look at that. It's the most mind-blowing experience. It's so empowering and it's so special. And to be able to do that where I personally feel very comfortable and taken care of um, has been wonderful. That's Kate Karacha. She has had two babies delivered by a midwife, one at home and one in the birthing center. She's now 19 weeks along on her third pregnancy and plans to do it again. Yeah, we're so excited. Are you excited for a new baby? Yeah. Are you excited for a new baby? Yeah, we're really excited. 
I have loved my care with both of my babies so far. It's just so personal. I feel so seen with anything that I'm feeling. I mean, of course, the medical side of it, but I remember feeling a lot of anxiety pregnant with Noel here and just being able to talk to Sarah about that and just addressing me as a whole person, whether that's nutrition or mental health or physical health. I just felt like all my needs were cared for and I never felt a need to go anywhere else. What would you say or why would you say it's empowering, so to speak? Mm, that's a good question. I guess because before you've given birth, it's such a scary, intimidating thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's normal to feel a lot of self-doubt, self especially when you hear of stories of women maybe having not a very positive experience or being very scary or traumatic. And with Sarah, I just never felt like it was like, this is what my body is made to do. And I can do this and I have all of the power and strength within me. And I remember when I was pregnant with her, so they're only 11 months apart. When wow. I, was pregnant with <laughs> I looked at Sarah and I was like, I, can my body even do this? Is this even possible for me to do two times in the same year? And she looked me dead in the face, so serious and said, absolutely. I would not be your care provider if I thought you couldn't do this. And so it's just always this like, you have the strength within you and then I've done it multiple times and it is this like, I feel very strong. Perhaps the biggest element these expectant parents have in common is the who that makes them so comfortable with midwifery and that's the midwife herself, Sarah Badger. Here since 2016, Sarah, a licensed midwife, says she has now delivered about 1,600 babies. She gave us a tour of the birthing center located on Merritt and Eastern Avenue. There are two birthing rooms at the center which are outfitted with all the comforts of home. So we usually will get them started. We will check heart tones, do vitals, and then they just kind of figure out where they want to settle in. So most of the time they'll settle in either on hands and knees on the bed, they'll try different positions. We have different like balls and peanut balls and different things to help with positioning to make it a little bit more comfortable. They can also use the bathtub. Um, so that's kind of where we start is in here. And Most this is the of, main bedroom, this yep. is the main space. This is the suite we primarily use. Um, it's a little bit bigger. We have a lot of light in here, which is really nice. A lot of our clients like to have photography and so this is a really good room for that. So here we would have some standard equipment that we have at home, but ours here can be a little bit higher grade. So our pulse socks and our um, CCHD can sit in case we have a baby that needs to be checked out sooner than later, can sit by the bedside and that one can be a higher quality than the one we would take at home, which is portable. Our O2 tanks can be a little bit larger and they can sit out. Our equipment can be a little bit kind of integrated into the room so that you don't always see it, but the medical equipment is there. So this is our little kitchenette. We do tools and like all the sanitation. We weigh the placenta and the postpartum blood loss. Um, we do smoothies and stuff for after birth. We'll make some eggs and stuff for our moms, but that's this is just kind of our little kitchen area. The clients can put their food for labor in the fridge. And then we move into the other suite. 
And this one is our other suite. This one is for people who maybe have some higher risks or if we're getting here just as baby is coming, um, we come right off of the parking lot and so we can just kind of come in and have a baby if that's what's happening. Or if we have two moms at once, we're able to do that. So part of um, different cultures like to use um, ropes hanging from. Um, this one is a swing, so you can kneel on the floor and it can girdle your belly or you can just take it and pull to have um, like a, a standing squat. Um, so we were able to do that in this room, whereas we were not upstairs because of the attic. Um, but this has been really fun. And I think a lot of women really enjoy this part and have wanted to use this room just for this. So yeah, they can choose that too. Would you say midwifery is becoming more popular in Grand Rapids? Yeah. <laughs> so when I moved here um, in 2007, there were two midwives. And I think now, I may have my count wrong, but now I think we have 11 or 12 that work in our area. So not only have we grown um, in the midwifery community, but then that also means what we've grown in our birthing community because more people have options and so more people can choose this. Um, and yeah, it's been phenomenal. But despite its growing popularity, Sarah says she knows midwifery is not for everyone. So how we kind of handle that for some people, like you might not be a really good candidate for an out-of-hospital birth, but we can help by doing some of the midwifery care for your prenatal and postpartum. So you're getting that connective, but you're in a place where you need to birth, right? Um, you may need a higher level of monitoring. You might need a higher level of care. And so birthing in the hospital is your best option but you want that connective care. You want somebody to walk with you. You wanna be able to text somebody or call someone and say, hey, I'm having a problem. Can you help me with it right now? Instead of having to wait for a doctor to call you back. So yeah, we do that sometimes, but not everybody's a good candidate for out of hospital. What is your goal? What is your goal like your end goal? This has grown so much. You said 2007, there were just a couple yeah. and now you've got up to 12. Um, what would you like to see happen or what are your goals as it re in regards to midwifery and, and this and opening the door maybe to people who don't have a clue about it? Yeah, I just want people to know that it's an option. It may be a valid option for you. It may be a partial option for you. I just want women in pregnancy and in their childbearing years to know that they are control of their body. They get to make the decisions. They have autonomy. And if your provider is not listening to you and not doing the things, then find another one. There are lots of other midwives, so if you're not meshing, find another one, right? Like I might not be the choice for someone. I'm a little bold and a little blunt, and some people don't need that. So go find someone who's a little bit more quiet and gentle. You, there's just so many. So if your primary care provider is not helping you with the labs and ultrasounds or and stuff like that, then find somebody who does. Like it's your care, your body, you can find answers. There's always another provider. You love yeah. your job? I love my job most of the time. <laughs> I love your honesty. <laughs> there, there are hard moments when you're waking up at 3 a.m. and you're like, oh my gosh, again. But, you know, I mean, when that baby comes through and that mom just lights up of, I did this, best part every time. I get chills every time I see it.
Okay, so Sarah, I have to say it was nice visiting the birthing center. And I can say that surely what you're doing in the work that you do has powerful woman written all over it. One of my big questions for you, as I ask so many people, is are you enjoying that journey? I know you said you love you love your job and you love the childbirth, but are you enjoying the journey? Because it's been you've been doing this now 22 years. Yeah, I think anytime you do something for a long period of time, there's dips, right? There's highs and lows. And just before COVID, I think it was a little bit of a different world. COVID hit and it was a challenge. And now as we're coming out of that, it's more enjoyable again. Um, COVID just added a lot of things that we were not prepared for um, as a nation. I don't think we were prepared, but uh, certainly in childbirthing that really created some challenges about how to function and and how to be with women during that time. How to function, but you also it also increased the number of inquiries or actual people, the numbers of people that came to you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. By triple quadruple yeah mm-hmm. more people were looking at it as an option because the hospital seemed scary and so we had to really field that and make sure that we were still taking people who are low risk and that were a good candidate for midwifery okay and as we continue to talk about powerful women along on this journey have there been any barriers that you have encountered I think the biggest barrier is education around childbirth, teaching women, um, one, that they have choices, and two, that they get to make those choices, but making sure that people know how childbirth functions. I don't think we talk about it enough. Most people don't even think about it until they get pregnant the first time, and there's a lot of stuff that can lead up to a pregnancy that needs to be kind of looked at, and I don't think we're doing a great job of that in our culture of teaching women about their hormones and their cycles and what to be looking for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it certainly is different. Okay. And and so we all face obstacles, challenges, and a lot. So for our listeners and viewers, what has it taken for you to become comfortable in your own skin, you know, to find your own voice and to be comfortable in, in you? Because a lot of women have a, it's a challenge along the way. Yeah. And again, depending on the barriers that you face or the obstacles that you face, it can be challenging. People questioning or what have you. Um, you seem like a strong-willed person. However, <laughs> were you always? And did you? how did you find your voice? I think I've always been strong-willed. I'm sure if you ask my mom, it came out <laughs> at birth. Um, I, there have been challenges for sure. But I think that I've always just been able to listen to that internal voice of you are strong, you can get through this. And even though you might have a hurdle, you can always get over that and move on to the next high part and then there'll be another low and you just kind of move with it. I think just flowing and being able to move through all those highs and lows is kind of what drives me as far as being a strong outspoken woman I just know that women need a voice and I want to encourage other women to have that and so just leading by example mm-hmm. do, do you think midwifery or because you talk about empowerment a lot do you think that helps women or can help women find their own voice because childbirth through that oh yeah using a midwife yeah I think it, so it's one of our most vulnerable times as a woman um you're changing from like for your first one you're changing from a single person into a 
you know, double mm-hmm. digit, right? You are moving into a caretaking position that's a little bit different, but you're growing as a person in a way that I don't think we anticipate societally. We don't talk about it, um, but it's a huge moment. You're now having to raise up the next generation and you have to have a voice in order to do that. And so childbirth, I think, does that if you are given the ability to have a voice in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously you are a midwife, but you're also a business owner. So you work with a number of people. What are the leadership styles that you look for, um, perhaps in those who are with you on your journey or the perhaps even those you mentor? Team playing. Everybody has a part in a team and we are all working together for the greater good of what our goal is. Um, and you have to be a team player. Because there are going to be moments where your job feels very minimal, and there are going to be other times where it's going to be front and center. Everybody has to group together. Mm-hmm. So that's what we look for in our staff. So speaking of being front and center, curious how you balance your work life and your personal life, because when we were at the birthing center, we had a conversation about you're on call and, and, and your clients depend on you. And there's another midwife there, of course, but either of you, they whoever has been guiding them on that particular journey, they want them there. Yeah. I mean, and you can't work 24-7. I mean, you kind of do, yep. but how does that work? How do you balance? Because you have four kids. So how do you balance your personal life and your work life? You take the time when you have it. Um, that's kind of how it's been. Uh, we, we do give each other time off, the other midwife and I, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it, babies ebb and flow. So, like, we'll have a week where it's really busy. We might have two or three. Um, and then a week where we won't have any at all. And so you just take that time and enjoy it. And you just have to utilize it as well as you can. You did You did share something about you went on vacation abroad or something. And so tell me what happened with that again because it was – I just found that very interesting. People were waiting because they wanted you to deliver their baby. How did that, what happened? So we went to London last year for my birthday, and we had several people do, and I let them know well in advance that I would be gone for this period of time, and all the babies waited. So as soon as we got back, I don't think I was back even 12 hours before the babies started coming, and for that next week, we just had the baby palooza. Like, there was just babies every other day. So, so what do you do in your spare time or your relaxing or downtime if you had that? Because again, we mentioned not only are you delivering babies, but you're running a business. You have two offices, obviously the birthing center and an office. Um, so what do you do with fam and friends uh, to enjoy uh, your, your, the time that you do have off? Yeah, the kids keep me pretty busy with that. Um, I do also read avidly, and so that's one of the things that I like to do when I have the time. Um, But my kids are 19 to 10, and so they have pretty active lives that they want me to participate in, and so we just do all the things. Um, I have a daughter who's in uh, drama, and so we do a lot of that stuff, and then my younger kids are very into anime and Legos, and so we do those things a lot too. Oh, that sounds like fun. And so as you progress, does your mom keep tabs on all that you're doing? And is she still um, delivering babies as well? She is. She's in New Mexico, and she's still doing a smaller number now. But, yeah, she's still doing it. Um, I don't. I think she'll do it until she can't. Um, 
Yeah, she does keep tabs. She loves to hear about it. We still call each other about different clients and reference and, hey, I have this. It's a little bit weird. Would you go over it with me? So we both do that together. Because I know you followed in her footsteps. We talked about that. But um, you did work with her for a period of time. And so that had to be a, a good, I mean, like a fun part of the journey as you got started. I mean, starting with your mom, that had to be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was easy, right? Like I hear stories of other people and their preceptors and their um, education journey. Mine was just, it was my mom. It was easy. We flowed really well together. Um, you just have kind of a non-language communication that works really well. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really nice. Yeah. And another part, um, something I picked up, your husband works in conjunction with you as, as it relates to how busy you are and that's key when we talk about powerful women sometimes there's you need help from like you talk about teamwork yeah you need teamwork teamwork at home as well I would imagine yeah I don't think that you can do midwifery without a good team and that is really important and being having a partner who values what you're doing and makes it accessible for you to continue to do it is really important Okay. So tell me something. This is one of my favorite questions. What makes you laugh? Because, I mean, you've got a lot going on. Sometimes <laughs> it's really serious. Sometimes it's, you know, a little levity in the office, I'm sure. But what makes you laugh? I have a really dry sense of humor. So it's always something that wouldn't be off the cuff. Yeah, I laugh. Like with your kids and stuff like that. I'm sure they oh are probably gosh. a source of laughter. My kids love to do puns. So like my 14-year-old will do like a pun of the day. And today was food. Yesterday was cats. And so mm -hmm. he'll just go on a tangent. <laughs> he always makes me laugh. Some of them are pretty bad. But most of the time. Well, when they're bad, you laugh anyway because they're so the, bad. Oh, you yeah. Know, so. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the kids keep you on your toes. They will make you question everything and laugh all the time absolutely yeah. absolutely mine the same so I understand that so do you have a favorite saying or motto that you use to encourage uh, yourself or perhaps others my favorite uh, just keep moving you're going to keep going keep moving through this it, anything is doable mm -hmm. that's absolutely. kind of my internal mantra yeah what are your goals for simply born I mean are you planning on expanding or is there anything else that you'd like to see happen oh I mean that's always like that 10-year plan is to expand but um right now I think just settling into the new normal and really just getting a fluid flow is where we're at expansion would be great in the future but we'll see mm -hmm. yeah Sarah Badger, thank you so much for joining us. I so appreciate your time and coming with us today and talking with us and allowing us, of course, to come into your birthing center. That was a lot of fun, so I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been great. And I want to thank you for coming in and listening and watching on another edition of Powerful Women Let's Talk. I'm Jennifer Moss. We'll see you next time. Produced by women, about women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more powerful women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. 
The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.